Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad you've decided to spend some time with us today. Today, we're going global. It's the first time we've had a non-North American church leader uh, be with us. Super excited to have uh, the pastor from South Point Church, Morgan Herselman, with us. Morgan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Rich. Really excited to be here. Great to be talking to you guys and quite excited to be a first international guest. I think that's quite something special. So good. Nice. Now, I wonder if people can guess your accent, you know, where you're from. So, <laughs> you know, South Point is in Cape Town uh, in South Africa. So excited to have you uh, with us today. Yeah, thanks so much. It's a it's a very original accent. I've, I've been to the States a couple of times and some people think I'm from Boston. So I don't know how that translates. <laughs> but uh... Nice. That's great. Cool. Well, Morgan, why don't you tell us a little bit about your church? Tell us about yourself. Give us the, the kind of a bit of a background. Yeah. Um, for myself, um, I kind of grew up in a uh, rather traditional church. I grew up in a Methodist church. And mm-hmm. um, kind of when I started uh, looking out for a wife and met my wife, my current wife, Kelly, uh, I, we, just, we stumbled across South Point Church back in its original form and uh, really decided, hey, I could get involved in this and wanted to just jump in um, and get my hands dirty as much as I could. Um, as far as the church goes, we actually were a brethren church for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, really just a great discontent among some of the leaders uh, growing up and just saying, hey, there's something out there that we want to be able to find. And they went out looking and uh, they stumbled across uh, North Point Ministries a couple of years ago and slowly but surely over a couple of years transitioned the church to be a North Point strategic partner mm. um, in about 2008, 2009 mm. and uh, officially launched as a strategic partner back then um, and have been running as a strategic partner up until yeah, up until today still. And uh, yeah, about two years ago, our, um, our then current lead pastor got an offer to go um, take up a job at another partner in the States. And uh, we obviously tried to create a succession plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they, uh, I was a volunteer at the time and working in the business world. And I was asked, hey, do you just want to go along with the process? And I kind of felt like that's been much the story of my life. Every time I've <laughs> kind of just said, hey, I'll go along with the flow. If God wants me there, I'm going to be there. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, after about 17 interviews, I ended up... Uh, been appointed and it's been an interesting road. Um, in June it'll be about two years, so it's been a yeah, it's been a really great, great opportunity and a great time. A really great opportunity to be able to do something that I love and mm-hmm. uh, be able to put my hands at a uh, place of greatest need as well. Very cool. Now, just you know, it's kind of a bit of a sidebar, but you obviously the church has been through a tremendous amount of change. Um, mm-hmm. For folks that aren't aware, what does kind of a North Point strategic partner look like? What is that? You know, what would that? What does that mean uh, to South yeah. Point? Um, essentially, we're a completely autonomous church. So we mm-hmm. operate as our own. We raise our own funding. We um, operate on our own ministry model, and uh, we don't. We, the only really support we get from North Point is uh, we get strategic consultants and we get a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, what we're trying to do is leverage those resources to try and grow um, a healthy church uh, in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Cape Town specifically, there are a lot of big churches, uh, quite a few churches that are. Um, equipped to reach a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, but very few that are out there reaching uh, unchurched people. Mm-hmm. And so we're really passionate about that. We get a lot of people coming in who, you know, really disregarded church. And because of the resources we've been given through our strategic partnership, and um, these people just come back and come back and come back and just love what we do. 
Um, so one of the greatest things that helps me is I get to put up, uh, you know, communicators like Annie Stanley and Jeff Henderson mm-hmm. and some of the great guys, and uh, it allows me to take some time off, really pour into what we're doing as a church, and mm-hmm. really making sure that my staff's healthy, my leaders are healthy, um, and what we're doing as a church is actually um, you're just positioning ourselves for momentum or for growth at the end of the day. Very cool. Well, your church has been through uh, a lot of change, and I know mm-hmm. there specifically there was you know kind of a particular season uh, that you went through. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about that? What was you know happening in the life of your church where you said you know there's a few things that we need to you know to make some change uh, about? Yeah, we it was it kind of we were kind of forced into the the decision that we had to make. Um, mm-hmm. We were given notice at the venue we were hiring, and uh, we weren't unsure, we weren't very sure when that the the deadline was going to come. Mm. Um, so we we kind of as a leadership started thinking about hey what's going on what do we need to do how are we going to position ourselves to make sure that we're going forward, mm-hmm. and um, we kind of developed a campaign around the idea of hey how do we really get people to to get on board with what we're doing get going. Um, we'd also recently done um, a really great survey of trying to find out how many people are coming in what's our a success rate with some of the people that are coming in and we we were running two services and mm-hmm. the response from our second service was really bad mm. um, we had you know they've got that word of mouth thing we had out of the six people who had been five times or less four of them wouldn't recommend us to a friend and oh, that gosh. was like a long oh, bells for us we were yeah. we were just like I've got to do something about this mm-hmm. and so uh, that all culminated in us creating a campaign and we called the campaign come together mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of really allowed us to focus in on creating a broad campaign um, that kind of reaches as many people as we can, mm-hmm. um, but that uh, in many ways allows us to try and create a bit of momentum and a bit of growth as we went into a season of, uh, which ended up being very, very intense change. Okay. So um, the campaign, you know, you were facing obviously a change, a potential change in facility and you're like, gosh, I'm not sure that looks like the other shoe's going to drop here. We need, and at the same time, um, you know, wanting to kind of, you know, solidify the core a little bit. So you put together, come together. What were some of the key elements of this campaign? What were kind of the, the parts of it? Um, you know, what did that look like? How was it? How were you operating differently than just you were operating before that? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things was I when I joined the staff, I didn't want to come in and make tons of changes and chase all the people away. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to get up on stage and, you know, this is the new desired future for us and, hey, you know, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to come across like that. So I had been holding back a lot of my change and waiting for a great time. And we felt like this was the perfect opportunity to roll out quite a bit of that change. So mm-hmm. we really went in with a three-prong approach. Um, we kind of based all of our graphics on a triangle. Um, and we had the Come Together logo in the middle. And we, we kind of focused on three areas, prayer, community, and finances. Um, specifically with prayer, we wanted to and be able to draw everyone to come together and pray at specific times. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we wanted to petition God for a building um, and then the finances to provide for it. Uh, Whether that was going to be a permanent facility or whether that was going to be a temporary facility, we wanted to petition God for that, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that we were going to be walking in His will for for that uh, that purpose. Um, As far as finances go, um, we had uh, a little property that we'd sold a couple of years ago and we'd put that money into a building fund. Um, and we really felt like we wanted to raise that, that money, uh, that amount a little higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of set a goal and we set a target that we felt like was going to be achievable. Uh, we ran this campaign over the, over the end of the year, so it was perfect for a year-end gift as well. Mm. Um, allowed people to uh, really just channel some of the year-end giving into that. Uh, and then the third approach was community. And we took the decision to take our two services, combine them down into one. And then also try and create a, one or two events that allowed people to come together and really... 
uh, ask questions, really get involved and feel like they're part of the process as opposed mm-hmm. to just being someone on the outside standing and, and you know, having a lot of questions and not feel like they've been involved in what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's great. So those are kind of the three buckets, the things, kind of three major areas that you were focusing on. Um, were there any activities that you were doing that were different, you know, things that you were, you know, engaged in that were kind of different than your normal ministry schedule? Yeah. So because we're a church for the unchurch, there are things that we won't do on a Sunday morning. Yes. Um, and so this campaign was something we really felt like, how do we how do we talk about it on a Sunday morning in a way that excites people and creates interest, but at the same time doesn't um, just completely encapsulate what's going on on a Sunday morning? So right. we created some Wednesday night events and uh, really invited people to come and explore, um, just really hear about what's going on. Um, and so we kind of divided those nights up into sort of segments. Hmm. Um, the first time we launched this campaign, I ran two, uh, two nights on alternate weeks and really made sure that uh, I covered the same content both nights. Okay. And the goal with that really was to say, hey, you choose which night we want you to be there. We want you to hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want you involved. So just come along, choose a night, RSVP, and, and, and just rock up. And we had a really great attendance for those things. I spent some time just sharing about, hey, this is the situation. This is where we are. Mm-hmm. This is our campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I opened it up for, uh, we probably had about 20 to 30 minutes worth of, of Q&A. Wow. Um, some really, it was interesting because the first night we had it open was really lighthearted questions, mm-hmm. you know, throwing around some really great conversation going around. And the second night that, that came around, um, there was like really tough people in the room. <laughs> I was fielding questions that I had no idea was going to be coming my way. So right. there was a really interesting mix of people that, that mm-hmm. rocked up to those, um, those events. But uh, and then after that, I just really spent some time teaching on vision of why we were doing what we were doing. Why mm-hmm. do we want to create a church the way we want to do? Why do we want to seek um, you know, a new premises to what we want to do? And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people left feeling really excited about those things um, and then giving everybody the opportunity to close in prayer mm-hmm. um, at the end. Mm-hmm. And not just it being me closing from the front. We asked people to circle up um, and really just uh, in their little groups spend about 10 or 15 minutes just praying on those, those occasions. So mm-hmm. that, that, really, that really helped. Um, to yeah, kick that, off the campaign. Yeah, but um, part of what I love that we did there is, um, you know, I think sometimes we can shy away from those environments that can be fairly vulnerable when you're just opening yourself up to, you know, answer any question from the floor. Um, you know, that could that can be an intimidating thing for a lot of leaders. And so, but I love that you did that because I think that um, that speaks volumes to people, even if there aren't really any, you know, huge curveball questions uh, or difficult questions, it can be, you know, um, good to you know to do that. I also like that you changed up your normal pattern. I think if you if we just keep on a, on a time like this when you're trying to do something different, you're trying to communicate new vision. If you just keep doing what you've always done, you won't get people's attention. And so the fact that you were like, no, we're going to do these Wednesday night events, and we're doing these on t- a couple different nights, to make sure you can be there. Um, that you, just that even gets people's attention. They're like, oh, maybe this is super important. Maybe I should actually uh, participate for sure. Yeah, it worked really well. We got a lot of people through on that. And then um, that obviously, that campaign ran over um, our December break. And okay. uh, I think in probably about January, February, we tried to really kick it up again. And right. um, we, we had put in an offer on a building in at the end of December and that had fallen through right on just before Christmas. Oh, um, and so in January, February, we wanted to try and pick up the momentum again, really give people some um, just some new direction on what's going on. Um, ironically, I, I'd been driving past a building every day for three or four years, and uh, I drove past, and I remember getting an email, you know, a couple of months ago, and that building was for sale. So I kind of dived on that and jumped in and said, "Hey, let's have a look at it." And 
it really worked out quite nicely. Um, we're pursuing that building at the moment, which has been really nice. I was able to then take the architects around, get some stuff going, mm-hmm. and then bring people around. I said to everyone, hey, let's just shut down groups for four weeks. Mm-hmm. And I want people to come along on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And we want to just dedicate Wednesdays to this Come Together campaign. And so uh, we kicked off uh, every Wednesday morning with, uh, at our offices, all the elders gathered for prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was open to anybody. Anybody could arrive um, mm-hmm. and just come pray with us. And uh, we had some good turnout for that, which is really nice. Uh, we then sent out a prayer list for during the day. If people wanted to pray any time during the day, we asked people to pray together about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even asked their ministry. So like our children's ministry got together and they said, right, today we're praying about this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really helped with uh, creating a bit of uh, unity among some of the ministry areas as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, that, then it all culminated in an, an evening event where I kind of followed a similar Um, line to what we've been doing before but I was able to give people a lot more tangible information Mm. um, and a lot more um, yeah a lot more interest so I was able to show pictures of hey this this is a building we've looked at these are the plans right Um, you know and this is actually what our facade could look like Mm. and so I was able to take it that much further to create a little bit more momentum um, and we saw we saw our, the, the giving double over that <laughs> period wow and then what we got in through our year in giving so <laughs> it uh, it really helped us create a lot of momentum through that that time nice the um, that that's fantastic so now so you obviously talked about there was a certain amount of outcome on the prayer side you obviously were increasing the the, the prayer just culture in the church which is a good thing um, you know the great results on the finance side I think any church that's listening would love to see. You know those kind of results um what about on the community side how did you feel you know kind of developing community among your folks did you feel like there was kind of some development there as well yeah we've we've definitely had a a much different feeling uh, on a sunday morning um Mm. there's a much more fun experience especially in the foyer uh, mainly because there's a lot more people in the foyer now because we've taken our average attendance over two services and combined it down to one um just going back to the prayer thing one thing Mm. we try to do with prayer and community was we decided to do uh uh, Batterson's book, uh, The Prayer Circle, prayer, yep. I think it's The Prayer Circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that book as a church together, and that mm-hmm. phenomenally changed the prayer culture and what we do as a church. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I spoke to someone the other day, they're doing the, both, the, they're doing the book for the fourth time. Wow. Um, they just loved it so much, they just started again, started mm-hmm. again. Um, so they've really, that really helped us as a church mm-hmm. kind of move forward in our, in our prayer life as well. Community-wise, um, we've actually seen our average attendance uh, go up between 60 and 100 people on a Sunday morning. Wow. Uh, huh. Even just combining two services down to one, mm-hmm. um, our average attendance has, has increased uh, a lot. Mm. And uh, it's been really nice to be able to see a really full room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get some of those some of those uh, really great Christian songs on a Sunday morning and you mm-hmm. can just hear people belting. And it's it's really created a nice atmosphere on a Sunday morning um, Very cool. for, for people coming in the door. Um, as far as uh, really momentum going, we've, we've actually, in the last three weeks, we've just moved premises. Mm-hmm. And uh, the community vibe behind just gearing up for the move has just been absolutely amazing. Um, cool. we've, we've actually gone out and uh, partnered with a school, a local school, and said, hey, we want to come in. You guys have got dreams and aspirations for your school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously have some things that we want to do, you know, AV-wise and um, sound-wise and for our children's environments. Can we do some of this stuff in lieu of rent? Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, we'd love that. You know, they mm. can focus some of their money and their fundraising on other projects. Mm. And so we've come in and put some lights and sound and um, some projectors in some of the classrooms. And the teachers love it. The mm-hmm. kids are loving it. Our environments are so much um, better for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, we're still working on some tweaking issues. But the amount of volunteers, we sent out an email and we just had 
tons of volunteers phoning back and going, "Hey, when can I work? You know, when can I when can I help out? I just I just want to come and paint. I just want to can mm. I just come carry stuff? I just want to come help because we think this is just such a great opportunity to be able to partner with the school as well. So our community side of things has been really it's it's, it's really brought us closer together as a church. Hmm, very cool. So um, just so I understand, you were in another rented facility, and then now you're in a school on your way to the the permanent location. Is that is that the kind of trajectory there? That's that's what we're hoping for. Yeah, that's we're hoping hope. that the school move. Yeah, the school move is a interim venue. We're still trying to tie up some of the financing and yep. um, the 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 structure of the purchase is very tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who work at this company don't know that the building's been sold, and so uh, we've been asked to keep it very quiet. Yeah, so absolutely. we can't. Yeah, so it's been very tricky for us. Even I mean, even me fielding questions. You know, some people ask me, "So where's the building?" And then you're like, "Oh well, I can't tell you. Well, why can't you tell me?" Uh, why are you being so secretive? Why are you keeping your Why are you keeping your cards so close to your chest? So it's been it's been very tricky trying to navigate some mm. of those questions with people. But um, yeah, we're just trying to tie up one or two things. So our goal is we've rented until we've signed a lease till the end of, of December. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be in by my goal is to be in our new facility by Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to open up with a big bang in, in at the end of the year and try and get as many people in in that new facility as we can. So that's my goal. That's my hope. Um, you know, it's in God's hands at the moment, mm-hmm. so we'll see where that where that comes to. But yeah, it's hopefully going to be an interim facility until um, we get to our, our hopefully our first permanent facility. Very cool. Um, anything else that you'd like to share around change management? You know, I've obviously been through a lot. I love this campaign that you've you've led your people through. Um, you know, to other church leaders who might be listening in today. I think when when I started as uh, when I came into this position, I asked some guys who'd done some of the things, taken over. Um, one guy said to me, hey, you've got to get the right people on the bus as soon as you can. Um, another guy said, uh, don't come on too strong. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely echo the second one. The second one is probably, uh, it, I came on strong in one or two things. Um, and actually mainly with my staff. I, mm-hmm. I, I moved in pretty quickly and I was like, I want this and this and this. It has to be done this way. Uh, coming from a business way, I was I was very business-minded and mm-hmm. um, I wanted things done very you know efficiently and very mm-hmm. uh, very effectively as, as much as I could. And I came on a little stronger like that. I think I, I pushed one or two staff members away right. uh, initially from that and have to have a lot of conversations around that. Um, but I think when it comes to organizational change, I think if you can if you can create broad entry points for as many people as possible, mm. um, I think, you know, even the naysayers, even if they've got something they can go on to, you know, I think even a naysayer could get onto our campaign because there was prayer involved. You know, even right. if that guy's sitting there praying, hey God, as long as your will's been done here, um, you know, I don't know if I necessarily agree with this, but mm-hmm. as long as your will's been done here, I think he can get on board with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that created a lot to a lot of success to our campaign of of, of the change that we were going through. Um, it's been tricky. It's been hard. It's mm-hmm. not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've had some people who are very, you know, not very happy with the situation and where we're going, and they think they know better. Um, and that's opened up to have some very interesting conversations and very interesting coffees mm-hmm. with uh, some very high-powered leaders. And, and as I've been doing that, I've been able to build a rapport with them and being able to say, right, okay, you've got an experience in this avenue. How could I leverage you in a way, not for my personal gain, but how could I leverage your ability to make you more involved in the church mm-hmm. um, so that we can actually go together, 
really just go together forward. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the show where we uh, ask similar questions of everybody that's on the show. Super excited to have uh, Morgan Herselman with us today from uh, South Point Church. Great leader from Cape Town. Excited to have uh, him on the show today. Great conversation. He didn't say the word rand, which is the currency in uh, (laughs) South Africa, which is the best name for a currency in the world. Uh, I, whenever, you know, the couple times I've been to Africa, I'm like, that's such a great, you know, name for a currency. But anyways, glad to have you on the show today. Uh, glad you like that, Rich. I'm glad you like that. I, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for you to say yeah. Rand. Um, but anyways, um, what's an online resource that you're using these days, uh, that you're finding particularly helpful? Uh, I know it sounds funny. I, uh, I recently switched over to Feedly and just okay. finding Feedly an amazing, uh, resource. Um, and then because we're going through, you know, facility change and mm-hmm. um, and really just I'm, I'm kind of a visual person. So Pinterest has just been phenomenal for me. Nice. Uh, I've actually found some just some really interesting ways to use Pinterest of gathering things on boards and being able to share with my staff and, um, and friends and, and even architects and things. Uh, just mm-hmm. finding some really great ways to be able to use that resource. Nice. Pinterest is for boys, too. You know, it's not just a yeah. girl's place. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Nice. Um, you know, what's a book that you've read in the last, you know, six months to a year that's had an influence on your thinking or ministry? Um, yeah, I, I've got to say, uh, the Emeth for me as a staff really changed a lot of what we do. Mm. Um, that changed a, a lot of, of where we were going and what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, another book uh, I've just remembered right now is uh, The Catalyst Leader by Brad Lomerick. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that book. I thought there were some great insights and great mm-hmm. nuggets in that. Um, really some things that you really take away and, and really ponder on. Cool. Um, what are some other ministries, one or two, that you look at and you're particularly inspired by or learning from? Uh, I think, I mean, obviously North Point Ministries, I'm always mm-hmm. following them as a strategic partner. We're always looking to them. Uh, another guy, uh, Perry Noble in New Spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what he's doing. Um, I love the just the passion and the enthusiasm he's able to just bring to to almost anything, mm-hmm. uh, even eating Krispy Kreme donuts. I mean, he's just, <laughs> it's just so on fire for those things. So that's true. Are there any other um, strategic partners within the kind of North Point universe that you you're also partial to? Kind of look. Obviously, you know the the universe rotates around a lot around Atlanta. But are there any others that uh, you know you kind of stick out? Yeah, uh, Carrie Newoff is doing some amazing things up in, in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, they're about to launch their, uh, I think, their first permanent facility. Really excited and watching that with close eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Carrie's just a phenomenal leader mm-hmm. uh, and really just great to be able to um, rub shoulders with him every now and then when we get to go to a, a conference and things. Um, I think he, yeah, some of the things that he's doing out that way is, is great. Um, if you ever get a chance to be in the Philippines, uh, Quest Fellowship mm-hmm. uh, with Les Tilker is... Uh, He's doing something amazing. He's one of the only other English partners um, outside of North America and uh, really just got a great ministry in a very predominantly Muslim and, um, and non-Christian environment. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I, I love seeing what, what his guys are, are producing over there as well. Cool. Um, if you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive, uh, who would you want to get that time with and why? Yeah, I, uh, I rack my brain about this one. Uh, <laughs> It's a tough you know, one. right, right, yeah, it is. Uh, right now, though, I probably would have to say someone like Gavin Adams, okay, um, at Watermark Church. I, I've had a chance to talk to him a little bit mm-hmm. um, at one or two of the conferences I've been to, but uh, just from his writings and his readings, um, I'd love to be able to spend some time with him and just unpack his brain mm-hmm. as well. Coming from a business background to to leading a church, 
um, really trying to bring some of those things across as well and how, how different the environments are, but also being able to just pick his brain about how he leads and how he uh, runs his, his ship over that on that side. Very cool. Uh, two last questions. This one's a curveball. You didn't know it was coming. So um, as a leader in a church, in a thriving church that's reaching um, people, you know, who are far from God, who don't, you know, normally attend church, um, who is outside of North America, looking in at the North American church, um, what are some things you think, hey, maybe the, the North American church needs to be thinking about? Like, hey, you know, here are some issues or, um, you know, questions we need to be asking. I think... Yeah, that is definitely a curveball. Um, I think the only thing I would have to respond to is, uh, I think, I think the southern southern states are, are quite focused in, you know, the Bible Belt, and people mm-hmm. assume that they they know a lot about um, Jesus, and and perhaps um, are very comfortable with the idea of church. Mm-hmm. Um, in, uh, I'm not necessarily saying South Africa, but Europe specifically is becoming very post-Christian, post-church, post-God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, in South Africa specifically, uh, when we try and translate some of the things from the Americas down to what we're doing, uh, we find it very difficult to try and break the, uh, really that just idea of church. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes very difficult to try and uh, just say, hey, why don't you come to church with me? Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got to kind of follow one or two other things that are going on um, perhaps some of the guys are trying in Europe where we've got to try and put on events mm-hmm. where it's almost um, to, to take the, the North Point strategy. We've got to do like pre-foyer, pre-foyer, pre-foyer. <laughs> I don't know what that might be, you know, like standing in a car park, having a conversation with someone. Right. Um, but we've, we've got to go, we've got to try things that um, some of you guys might not be trying, but mm-hmm. um, I know like you guys liquid, you guys do like a 5k. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been, we've been exploring that because Cape Town during the summer, everyone loves going for runs. There's almost mm-hmm. a marathon or a half marathon every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and people just sign up for those sorts of things so quickly. Hmm. Um, and so how do we leverage what is something that's already existing in culture mm-hmm. that people are so open to attending mm-hmm. and to try and get a foot in for the church? And mm-hmm. um, the other thing I think is that many people in, in South Africa claim to have a relationship with Jesus, but they don't necessarily attend a church anywhere. Mm-hmm. So there's almost like a, Hey, I'm saved because I have at some point in my life, you know, just said a prayer or I've attended church for 10 weeks and that was enough for me and, right. and I don't really ever need to go back. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but um, there seems to be almost like a, um, like a complacency amongst some of those people that mm-hmm. I don't seem to experience when I look at, at the church in North America. Hmm. Very cool. No, I, I really appreciate that. Thanks for. I might, for t- I might be completely wrong with it. No, no, no. Sense. I really appreciate that. No, I agree. I think you know. I think we, um, it, you know, when you're the frog in the kettle, it's hard to look around and see, you know, what is actually happening in our culture. And um, and I, I've been saying for a long time. You've probably heard me say this. I think as church leaders here, we have to be learning from people who are serving in communities that are less churched uh, than where we're at because all the demographics tell us that's where we're headed. And so if we don't get ahead of that curve um, and learn, um, we'll be left behind and, you know, very quickly can become, you know, what, like where things are at in Europe um, for sure. So I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, you taking that, uh, you know, uh, surprise question. So last question, um, you know, what do you do in your personal life just for fun when you're, you know, kick back and, uh, you know, want to relax a little bit? I've got a beautiful wife and two gorgeous girls. I love spending time with them. Um, Love going for walks, hiking. Uh, Got quite an active family, so love going canoeing, um, spending some time on 
you know, on the river, on the lake, um, just being able to do some things around there, going fishing, um, really trying to enjoy outdoors as much as we can. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, uh, you know, Jesus was a carpenter. I love doing DIY and woodwork. So um, <laughs> nice. definitely love doing some handiwork around the, around the house and mm -hmm. uh, always keen to get my hands on a project and be able to do something in my garage and things. So yeah, those are the kind of things I do in my spare time. So Very cool. Well, Morgan, I really appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or with your church, how can they do that? Yeah, uh, southpointchurch.co.za is my church. Um, if you want to email me, it's morganherselman at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and Facebook at Morgan Um Yeah, I'd love to get in contact with you. love to broaden uh, just the reach of what we're doing down in Cape Town and be able to meet other leaders and uh, maybe even just continue a conversation about how did he change and how you guys are experiencing change as well. It would be a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Morgan. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>